la. Welcome back to Double Stack F1 Podcast. We are back for episode 4-0. Um, season finale recap for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix where drumroll winner was Max Verstappen yet yeah. again to end the, se- the season with a spectacular race, 17 seconds ahead of P2, uh, just a sheer demonstration of of strength, dominance, and the, the the potential of that car. We all thought he couldn't; he was out of the game or was going to have a tough weekend. But uh, never rule Max out or Red Bull. They figured it out and got a one-two on paper, uh, one-two on the line. But uh, a lot of stuff happened behind Max, which we'll dive into. But for this episode, I have a dear friend and a member of the crew here tonight, Mr. Shah. How are you, Shah? Good. How are you? Uh, colder than last week. Um, although we were in the desert, I was cold here in New York. It was, uh, it's getting really, really bad. Um, and you're the same. Trying to, find ways, trying to find interesting ways to stay hot outside you gotta go to the train you gotta you gotta you gotta go in there regardless nobody's driving around here so um yeah you're we're surviving how about you you're driving you have a car yeah you're in there so uh my uh yeah it's pretty warm inside the car but walk to the car is still freezing can't yeah, complain I, much though i guess i gotta find an excuse to get you back into the city where where you won't be able to drive around and you'll have to like suck up the the cold like we do all the time. Uh, anyways, uh, I digress. Uh, like I said, we were in Abu Dhabi. It was a fifty-eight lap race. Circuit is five point two eight one kilometers. Uh, total race distance three hundred and six point two kilometers. Uh, we can start by going through a grid. Starting by number one, Max Verstappen. What are your thoughts on his performance this weekend overall? Oh, it's a brilliant performance from Max Verstappen. I think uh, winning this race and winning this was uh, only, I mean, he could consider the job done for the season only after winning this race. And you could hear it in his radio message, but uh, he was extraordinary, perfect, not a single mistake from him as usual, Uh, pure pace, pure masterclass, and uh, what he has done all through the season, wrapping up those 19 wins and 21 podiums of the 22 races we have had. The only podium that he missed out was Singapore. Yeah. Is this uh, is this the best Verstappen we've seen? Or do you think we've seen better or we're about to see even better further? What is, what's your take on that? What, this what, is the what, best Verstappen mm-hmm. we have seen when binded with the perfect machinery. So we had seen best worst step in, in 2021, few glimpses in 2020, when he was by himself and the Mercedes was just running away. The very last few races where he was trying to catch up. In 2020, that that was peak worst step in. 2021, we saw worst step in take that Red Bull close to Mercedes and give them a fight where the Red Bull was not faster, just on pace. And 2023, this year's season was perfect what's happened with the perfect car. Uh, the combination of both of these was what we saw. 
and I think we are yet to see more of uh, this maybe hoping in the future but other drivers in the mix too I'd, I'd add a little caveat some 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 could argue that uh, the 21 Red Bull was for the majority of the season uh, stronger than the Mercedes until the end when they turned the engine up by uh, Brazil and just went we have four races, we can blow this sucker up, let's fight, right? With the rule changes going in from 20 to 21, pretty much brought the, brought the two teams to par to parity and a little bit, um, let's say a 10th on, on Red Bull for, for the start of the season. There, but overall, he still had to, to perform against a, a very strong machinery uh, in that W11 that got upgraded to slightly 12, but with a few, a few uh, tricks taken away but I digress uh, yeah perfect stuff I hope we get to see Verstappen and Battle again next year um, against uh, maybe our P2 uh, Ferrari what's, what's your on, on Ferrari maybe maybe I could jump on Ferrari I think Ferrari Leclerc just in the last two races I think were was fantastic uh, showed ex made no mistakes really uh, that I recall not the 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 Leclerc was used to that, you know that would get maybe either bad luck or or just make some stupid mistakes here and there, hit the wall, make some accidents. It was it was clinical over the last two races, especially in Vegas. You know that wonderful overtake on Paris, this race as well. Thinking while he was driving about, you know, backing up the Mercedes into into uh, Paris, giving slipstreams. Like, you know, fighting until the last lap, the last corner, to, to to bring to bring the constructor to Ferrari. Um, yeah, that's that's the Leclerc I want to see, and hopefully we get to see more of that next year. We get to see more battles with Claire Verstappen. Uh, hopefully in twenty twenty four. But for for now, I think you're a fantastic race. Um, so. yeah, true. Uh, I think ever since Singapore onwards, we could see Leclerc performing really good. Little to no mistakes. I I believe uh, this is the sole reason for more of this is when Ferrari brought in some upgrades, they were working uh, in a positive way, and then also the car was slowly coming towards Leclerc's driving style. So that's what uh, combined together with him uh, performing at peak in the last two races where the car was really there, uh, the setup was really there. He was able to get on the setup real quick and was able to uh, get the best out of Fred. And uh, yeah, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, it was a nail-biting finish for the P2, for the P3 in constructors, for the P2, P3 in constructors until the very last lap. Charles Leclerc's brilliant strategy while in the cockpit. I mean, he's a driver. We they, There are only so many things he can do. And then on top of that, he whips out a strategy all of a sudden and uh, tells the team, this is what we're going to be doing. And then he was cautious to not get passed by Russell. Yeah. and not drop behind Sergio because oh, that was just a brilliant next level. I, and I think this is this is something new that we haven't seen from Shaw, uh in the past few years. Him trying to question the strategy, we haven't seen that anytime he barely does that, he keeps going on with it, and then he ends up losing a lot with Ferrari's bad strategies. But And then you see him adapting more. You see him calling the shots more in terms of strategy. So this was a very good race, and then... Taking this into consideration, I'm excited for what 2024 brings in and how Ferrari will uh, progress during the winter season testing. Yeah, yeah. New concept there again for that team as well. Uh, try to bring 
completely could probably bring a Red Bull, I, I reckon. Uh, but it hasn't worked on the Haas, so I hope it works for them. Uh, they're smarter, they have more resources. So hopefully, um, with with the changing concept, they come up. Uh, yeah, uh, can't add any more. The only last thing I want to I wanna add is a little joke, or you can call it a joke. I, I like to have fun. Um, heard something on the radio where the player wanted to do donuts. Um, wasn't allowed to do donuts. Come on, guys. Let's do some donuts. It's the last race. Come on. Give it could be a ton of... Uh, yeah, we had testing. Yeah, we had testing and, and stuff on a couple of days later. I don't know if that was the reason why they didn't let them uh, do donuts, but I don't know. I yeah, denying a driver for donuts after all the hard work he's put in at the end of the race, at the last race of the season is... Uh, yeah, it's slightly on the low side, but I mean, I'm pretty sure Ferrari will make up their own reasons to, as to why they said no to him. No, no, that would have been uh, nice, uh, and I would have gotten a new wallpaper if Max and Leclerc did the uh, yeah. did the donuts and the start straight. I have yeah. to replace the my old wallpaper that I have with Alonso, Sebastian Vettel uh, doing the donuts on the straight. You can't take that off. That is a classic, right? You can put, you can just depose another one next to it, but I refuse to let you take that down. Um, next guy up, Coffin Russell. Um, kid was in pain, uh, struggled, was a little bit under the weather, uh, long season overall. Uh, and uh, yeah, was able, regardless of uh, feeling a little bit ill and coughing, was able to, to fight hard, got all the way to P, P3. Um, Paris overtook him, but with the five second Paris penalty, Paris was carrying it was just enough for Russell to, to stay close to Leclerc and Paris to uh secure P3. I think fantastic job for, for him, brought back then a lot of points for the team. Secured they won by two, right? Two points, they got three points, three, three points to secure yep. uh P3, P2 in the constructor. I uh, made a lot of people happy uh at the factory, like Toto said, or whoever was on the radio that said that. Uh, anyways, yeah, great job. He he looked very good, especially in qualifying over the last couple races. Um, very few mistakes as well. Uh, looks good going into 2024. Hope the momentum carries on, but great job for Russell as well this weekend. Yep, nothing to add from there. Yeah, he was extraordinary this weekend. Great pace. He had the pace. Yeah. yeah. I think one thing uh, I just want to add in terms of general overview, not just for Russell, is this: week, how this weekend's free practice sessions went on was FP1. We had young drivers testing, and the time slot that FP1 happens is usually way earlier than when act, the actual race happens on Sunday. And so that's why not many teams had any race data. All they were trying to figure out was this car set up. Half the cars were driven by young drivers, the other half by uh, existing drivers. So they were just trying to and test run some simulations and set up and stuff. So that's what FP1 consisted of. FP2, where the actual action begins really, in terms where FP2 falls right on the window where the race happens on Sunday. But during this FP2, with the Carlos Sainz crash and the red flag, most of the session was lost and then Hulkenberg's crash also lost a few time. So they only had 20 minutes left and then the FP2 session also falls on the qualifying window. So all the teams only did qualifying runs during the very last 10-15 minutes of the FP2 session. So we actually had absolutely zero data for 
any sort of race base. And FP3 again, it falls in a different time slot. So nobody knew what to expect and how every team would perform. And it was actually surprising to see the Mercedes perform good. And the Russell's car, especially Russell, performing really good. Uh, Russell was out there in P1, right? At P1, he had yep. track time. He had the most track time, I think. Of mm -hmm. Him and Sainz had some really good track time up there with Gasly and a few others. So, yep. give it, I'll put it that. Neither of the Red Bull drivers had any track time in FP1. Yeah. So, But that was the overall FP uh, free practice sessions for this weekend. So, going into Sunday, we had absolutely zero race pace. Or we had I had no idea on what the tire deck was for each team and what the race pace was. And taking all of that into consideration, Mercedes pace was very promising at this Abu Dhabi. And uh, hoping that they carry this momentum forward and take it into winter testing. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Uh, they're going to be bringing a completely different chassis and, and car all together. So they have a lot of work. Um, hopefully it's it, it's the fruits of that are closer racing for, for all the teams next year, but uh, we just have to wait and see. Um, Checo Perez, the, I, I think the penalty is unfair. I'll just put it out there right away. Uh, I don't think it was deserved. We've seen worse, uh, but as the season goes, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't with the refereeing. That's very inconsistent. Um, very, very much put his, uh, his race into the bin. Um, after that, that little clash with Norris. That's all I can tell. Otherwise, he did the best he could, started P9, and I think crossed the line P2 uh, if it wasn't for the penalty. So good stuff from Paris overall. Showing some really good pace at the end of the year to, to seal up the year in style, really, and secure his seat for the time being. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, his, his five-second penalty was what dictated where uh, the P2 and P3 constructors, or who would get P2 and P3 in constructors if Perez were to finish P2 and Leclerc were to finish P3, or if Leclerc was to finish P2 and Perez was to finish P3, and Russell in P4 with no penalty for Perez. Ferrari would have secured P2 in the uh, constructors. So I think an external factor like Perez's penalty played into it. And... Uh, yeah, that's the, it made it slightly exciting, but again, the penalty was slightly undeserving. And then the penalty ruined that, that battle we were we were looking at. So I, I wish, you know, sometimes they, it wasn't, it wasn't warranted really. That's, it's, 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 it's interesting. The guy with which he, he clashed or collided, Lennon Norris finished P5. Uh, I was, I was expecting more from him. Uh, started P5, finished P5. Didn't seem like the pace was really there. I think it was a casualty of not having enough runtime in Q2, basically, is my conclusion here. Um, but any take on, on, the, on the pace of the McLaren and Lando Norris in particular? surprising here? to see uh, the McLaren slightly slower than the Mercedes Actually, because right, everybody, right? yeah, with the tire deck too, I think they had a higher tire deck too, and everybody was surprised. Because when you take a look back into the season, earlier into the season, or after the McLaren upgrades came in, Austria, right? when you take a look at uh, all the interviews that you've asked, what is the best track that would suit McLaren? Everybody pointed towards Abu Dhabi. And to see that they were slightly on the suffering end with high tire deck was surprising. Maybe they weren't able to nail uh, the setup. Yeah. But yeah, we never know about it. Hopefully, they make some good progress. Yeah. Yeah, Piastri as well, P6 there. Uh, 
similar challenges. He started P3 um, and then fell back to, to P6 in the end. Um, Alonso, I think he had a great race. He enjoyed that race, really. Uh, started P7, finished P7, but had some tussles with, uh, I think, the McLaren kids. Uh, uh, had some tussles with Sonoda, really fun battles. Offset and strategy. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you probably want to touch on that. I, I at some point, be completely honest with our listeners here. Um, this weekend was MotoGP uh, finale. Uh, the race start. The MotoGP race started an hour into the Formula One race. Uh, I had no internet. Just moved into a new apartment, so I couldn't. I couldn't use multiple devices. Uh, I just had data on my phone, so I was literally watching Formula One on my phone. And to watch something else, I needed to kind of shut Formula One down and go. And I couldn't miss that MotoGP fight, fight finale. It was all or nothing. Peko Banya versus uh, Jorge Martin. So this, this championship one, fight. it was a t- championship toss. So they don't come around like this all the time. It's it was glorious, and it was it was an amazing race. I'm glad I was able to tune in and watch it live. But yeah, I missed a lot of the action in Formula One. I had to go back and watch replays and rewatch part of it, but I didn't really rewatch the entirety of the race. I just looked at the data to kind of understand. But so, if you can maybe provide a little bit more color on the Alonso Sonoda and Hamilton battle, that part I was not really tuned in uh, to provide decent color here. Yeah, it was more or less before turn five, uh, Alonso coming out of the pits and Lewis Hamilton uh, just doing his laps, Sonoda behind them. But the that's where the DRS detection zone was. So it's more or less the car behind within a second gets the DRS. But what Alonso was trying to do was try to slow down right before the DRS detection zone. So Hamilton can uh, Hamilton can have his wing, or his front tire ahead of Alonso and Alonso could get the DRS instead of Hamilton and then overtake on the next long straights that we have. That wasn't the case though. It was, it, it did look like a brake check. He had a massive lift off. So did Hamilton, and then it was slightly on the dangerous side. I mean, yes, uh, my personal take on this specific battle from Alonso or just any driver is, yeah, you could do that. It's very smart. We have seen that happen last year with uh, Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc. We've seen that happen in 2021 again with Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. Those were, of those three instances, two of them were the bad instances where you should mm-hmm. not have done it where Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton they collided mm-hmm. and um, and then here too Alonso and Hamilton it was very close call in terms of them having a massive collusion so I think what would what drivers could probably do is yeah you can do all your cat in most games but also take a look consideration into the safety and if there's a car right behind you maybe not play this cat and mouse <laughs> but if the car is right next to you instead of behind you then you could do it because when you take a look at 2022, when Max and Leclerc were doing it, they weren't behind each other. They were next to each other. So that worked then, and it was it didn't deem to be uh, unsafe or something like that. But when you take a look at 2021, and when you take a look at 2023's race, the same tactic, it was dangerous because the drivers were right behind them. Nobody expects you to break when you're not in a braking zone. So when you suddenly lift up or when you break, uh, and the other driver is still carrying the same speed, there, there's going to be a massive collusion which might endanger both the drivers. So we don't want that happening. And then I hope, uh, I think FIA might look into it 
and but I don't think they'll put in any rule until and unless we have one sort of incident because FIA is always a little too late to act. So that's what is going to happen too. Yeah, I think uh, FIA should look definitely look into that. It's uh, you know is, just fight, right? I think this conversation would more be through uh, the drivers' association. Mm-hmm rather than through FIA, because FIA doesn't enforce any rules on how a driver should race. But I think the gentleman's agreement uh, is between the drivers. So with Russell heading the Drivers Association and Hamilton being his teammate, we might have some sort of thing that they might discuss internally. Those never come out. So they might discuss internally, come to some sort of conclusion like, yeah, we could do these cattle moss, but let's try to be safe. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and how about Sonoda? Uh, what was that? What was going on there? I know he ended up getting driver of the day. Uh, really good drive, really beat his teammate again uh, this weekend and just qualified P6. Ended up, he, he finished P8, right? Fell bad a few yep. positions, but not enough to, to get an extra spot in the constructors, but uh, really, really fought for it. So, Fantastic chat by Sonoda from my take. But anything in particular, I think there's this action with, with Hamilton that I ended up seeing when I got back. Uh, Hamilton really wanted P, P8 from him. Ended up going a bit wide. But uh, yeah, anything else struck you from, from the Sonoda's race? No, Sonoda's race was quite clean and good. Uh, he made the best out of his package. The Red Bull floor was working. It was surprising to see a team bring in upgrades at the very final race. Uh, they bought in a new floor. For, uh, the Alfa Tori car, it worked out great. His great qualifying uh, resulted in him uh, getting good points, but ultimately they were enough for him to get secure that extra spot mm-hmm. P7 in constructors for the team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his strategy was bad. Uh, so the team didn't give him the ultimate strategy in terms of trying to overcut or undercut a few drivers. They, they made him stay out a little too longer, mm-hmm. where we thought you could lead for a few laps. Yuki led the race for a few laps. Yeah. So, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I think Yuki ultimately did the right strategy. Yeah, the one stopper, as you we historically had here at, at, at Abu Dhabi's Abu Dhabi one stopper race, I guess. The new layout just makes it tricky now with the loads you put on the tire in those faster corners, just makes it where the safest bet was to go two stopper. But Yuki was able to make that at uh, uh, that one stopper work. Uh, and then in P9, uh, we had Lewis Hamilton. It's it's a tough one for Lewis. Uh, he just didn't look in a happy place this entire weekend. Started on the bad foot with, like everybody else, Q2, you know, very spotty session. Uh, seemed to be seemed to be on the same setup as Russell. Was apparently he he was complained that something didn't feel right. The balance wasn't there. Didn't have the grip. I don't know if it's his style of driving, not being able to put the, the heat in the tire, uh, or just like it was just bad. Quality was bad. He ended up out in Q two. Signs out in Q one. Like it was a little bit spotty for some of the teammate pairs here um, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, pairs as well suffered something similar. Uh, but yeah, on Sunday, you know, try to move on Sonoda, couldn't make it. Surprising to see him all the way there in the back, given the pace of Russell. So I don't know. Glad the season is over, I guess, for him. He could uh, 
you could get some rest and, and uh, maybe re-energize for next season. Uh, what else? What else is to say? There's a tough one to watch. Ooh, Lewis Hamilton, you know what yeah. he was doing today and today? Yeah, he, he was sending it in the sky. He didn't bring George. I guess from li for liability reason, for Mercedes probably has a clause in there that the yeah. two of them can't jump together or anything. No, or they 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 do have a clause, and then <laughs> turns out Lewis Hamilton also does have massive clauses in his uh, contract. But I think skydiving was one that they decided not to have it in because he's a he's a huge fan of skydiving. Mm -hmm. Similar thing goes on with uh, Ferrari's contract with Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi wanted to do rally racing during off season, but Ferrari denied him, and then so that's why he, he didn't do any <laughs> rally racing. I think he did do a few, but another pseudo name here and there. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, never to anything official. Mm -hmm. I think ever since the Robert Kubica's incident, yeah. uh, the contract clauses have been massive in there. That's yeah. why they don't allow any drivers to drive anything. Same with same thing with Max Verstappen. He so badly wants to drive a GT3 car on a race, but red. red Red Bull doesn't do it. He does it on his private own time yeah, testing yeah, thing yeah. where he tests for something, but he wants to race, which Red Bull doesn't allow him to do. He yeah, can only test, his... but yeah. not uh, race. Same not thing race. with Lewis again, MotoGP. He wanted to do MotoGP, uh, drive bikes, but Mercedes said no up until 2017 or 2018. That's when we yeah. saw the uh, X switch between him and uh, the, Valentino Rossi. Yeah, yeah Valentino Rossi. Switch, switch their machines and do an official uh, video for Mercedes. Okay, there are a bunch here and there. Fun fact. But yeah. Lewis Hamilton's Abu Dhabi performance, yep. Yeah. Uh, not a, not up to the same pace as Russell. I think we have to remind ourselves that this is Abu Dhabi, the last race. Uh, cost cap. And uh, no team would like to get any new engines or any new parts or introduce any new thing anything for the last race they want to try to save as much as they can and well, not if you're Sonoda and uh and the the alpha tires are brought up completely new floor but <laughs> I, 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 I i'm distracting yeah. you carry on <laughs> so uh yeah so that i think that's one of the reasons where mercedes i mean big teams yes they have a lot they have little budget to spare so i think that's what happened maybe lewis hamilton's engine might have worn out a little bit more than what russell's could be they might be running the same engine mapping but the efficiency at which all the parts are running is never 100%. But given taking that out of consideration, yep, he had issues with his setup. Lack of uh, running in FP1. Uh, lack of running in FP2. I mean, George had all the FP1 session to feel for the car and then try to get a setup. But Hamilton never had it. And FP2, where he was all right on the money for qualifying laps. And FP3 was where he had the opportunity to set it up. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's more or less... Uh, what happened? Slightly bad foot for the overall weekend, but it's it's the last race, so not not much to take, nothing to take away. They have better access to data, so they would know where exactly they were losing in because you could see the straight line speed on mode on uh, Hamilton's car was not similar to what right. Russell was doing. It's funny that you say that because I remember um, Russell took a new engine in Las Vegas, whereas Lewis has had taken a new engine in Mexico. Uh, he was good in Mexico. The last race for Russell's engine in, in Mexico, he had some sort of leakage in, on his engine. So it didn't matter in the grand scheme. They investigated that. But you're right. There's a there's a two-race gap there between the engines. Uh, yeah, a two-race gap between the engines there for, for Russell and Hamilton. Could explain. Could I'm not, I don't know, but that's a good point you bring out. They're really smart. 
that you that you remembered that uh, overlooked that. Um, last but not least, on in our P tens, Monstro um, did a good job. Uh, Alonso finished seven. He finished tenth. He started thirteenth. Um, yeah, I I guess he he recovered at the end of the season. There's a lot of I don't know. From my vantage point, I feel like a lot of marketing happening around the team to promote his performance, to to show him in a good image. Um, is he the right man? Is he the man we have? Yes. Is he the right man? Not so sure. But uh, uh, he 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 came back at the end of the season, fought back, made a few mistakes during the season, uh, but uh, overall closed the year in a in a pretty decent manner. Um, Put the fight to the to the McLarens, but just wasn't enough. Their car is nowhere to to compete for that P or in the constructors. But nevertheless, good job for Stroll uh, on the way he closed out the season and and his performance in the race and bringing additional points for uh, Aston Martin here in Abu Dhabi. Anything else? No, nothing to add uh, for Stroll. Boba. His past performances boost his confidence in going into winter break and for next season. He might be the main reason why Aston lost out D4 in the constructors. Mm-hmm. If he was performing when Alonso was also performing, not same pace as Alonso. We know Alonso is an animal. Like a car too behind, you know? Yeah, a car or two behind that could have helped them secure P4 clean. They might have probably challenged for P3 or P2 if uh, he was performing as on board with Alonso. But yeah, it's it's all what's and ifs and buts. So this is what we have and this is what we get for 2023. Absolutely. Uh, that's a P, that's our top 10. Um, don't want to go too, too crazy. Anybody else? Uh, I think the battles that I think caught my attention, I just didn't see Albon and, and Sergeant really having much pace. Uh, for me, signs, uh, was was aiming to get a safety car that never happened. Uh, he oh. looked racy, uh, but nevertheless, his, he had the strategy wrong. Uh, Gasly, Ocon finished basically together. Uh, but yeah, that's that's about it in terms of the action here on track. Uh, anything else you think is interesting? Ricardo and Sonoda. What what was Ricardo's issue this time around? Uh, nothing. Just I I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see much of any issue with him. I think more or less, uh, as they bring in upgrades, he's uh, he is adjusting to the car. Yeah, it slightly gets complex, complicated. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what might have happened in here. And given the last race, that's that's okay because if this was somewhere in the very beginning of the season, then he would that would have uh, shot his confidence down. But given it's the last race, he has good amount of time to. I think the the Alpha Tauri's upgrades, whatever. They bought in. They were planned earlier into the season, but that's when they had the time to bring it in and they bought it in. And then mm-hmm. they were using that. And then the young drivers testing that happened two days after the race to collect and gather data so they could mm-hmm. work on it. It was like a strategic oh, move for Alphatari yeah. because they were bringing in parts from Red Bull Core Design. Okay, to see how but, it works on the car going into and, and fine-tuning that over the winter break. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah, so it's just both driver. Good stuff. A lot of work still to do at uh, our dear friends at Haas. Um, next year, no more Alfa Romeo. We'll be having the return of Sauber. Uh, yep, at least Sauber at 2024 and 25, I believe. Um, yeah, 2024, 2025. Uh, we're still yeah. not situated on the Sergeant 
position in terms of him returning to the grid next year. Um, Not yet. That's still TBC. But nevertheless, yeah, great race. Um, what is your GP rating here? I um, mean, before we get into that, I want to bring up two more points. Okay. I mean, one thing is it's somehow surprising to me that when you take a look at all the finishings and classifications, all the time, both the Alpine finish together. It's like both of them have strong magnets to one another and that they just finish together. I want to know what's happening there or how it is because one driver always smoked him last week, right? Ocon took got the best of 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 uh, Gasly in Vegas during the race, so they were they were miles apart. And that one, yeah, because Gasly had a bad strategy yeah. in Vegas. That's why, but at the same time, that's what I was coming to. Gloves like, are coming off. The driver, no, not gloves coming off, but it's more like the. The driver that needs to get the prime strategy is not always the driver that's starting in front. And then it's more or less some more or less we see Ocon getting the prime strategy and not Gasly. And then you can hear that distress in Gasly's radio saying, Why did you pit him first when I'm ahead? Why yeah. is he getting the prime strategy when I'm ahead? Or uh, when are we gonna box when you when you boxed him already? What's our mm-hmm. strategy like? So yeah. I think uh, something's gonna happen over the winter break for the I mean, I hope the team looks into this and then make sure that they don't need to add any fuel to the fire that's already between Ocon and Gasly within the team. And then if two French drivers for the French team, uh, they want to take the team forward with all the big investments that have got this year. That was one thing. And the second thing is Sainz. just want to talk about Carlos Sainz and a slight thing that I want to bring up from Las Vegas. So Las Vegas, Carlos Sainz had a crash because of the water pump other water cover that that came off and then damaged his car. And we were all saying that, yeah, he needs to get compensated for some sort of, uh, oh, that was uh, all the fans and most of the teams are probably the Ferrari team saying that, you know what, we want to get slightly compensated cost cap. And when you, uh, that's the crash. And then he was not able to use any of those engines or any of those parts that was done. Abu Dhabi, FP2 Science also had a crash. But it wasn't his own fault again. This was also due to a bump that was around that corner where the car bottomed out and he had a crash. But we don't hear the same thing or any of them say that he needs to get compensated because the damage was caused by the track where the track had a bump, the car bottomed out and he lost control. So I think, you see how the two situations are similar but also yet so different from one another. So that's this is where uh, the rules need to slightly be uh, working around it. Rules need to be flexible to try to compensate. And you know what? This isn't considered a similar incident. This might be considered one sort of incident and then try to look into that. That was the two things. And then he had back-to-back crashes. He had crash in Las Vegas. Okay. He had crash in uh, Abu Dhabi. And then his both of them had engine damage to his engines and gearbox. Uh, so this is where the fun bit comes in. For the race and for the qualifying and for the rest of the weekend, Science went to the engine pre-Monza, not even post-Monza. He went to a very old engine that was before Monza. So he had space, zero efficiency for that uh, engine. It was like very old engine. You could, I think Ferrari put all their eggs into one basket for Monza in terms of uh, both Carlos Sainz and Leclerc. For their engine and then they tuned them up to the highest they could and then they use for carlos Sainz, especially this race they use the engine from before 
the Malza race that happened. So he had a very old engine, must have worn to the very limit. And that's why you didn't see him have any much pace in qualifying. And same with the race too. When you take a look at the lap time differences in the race, when both Carlos Sainz and Leclerc were on the same tires, there was there was a massive difference in terms of lap times and in terms of just throttle mapping and engine mapping too. That was one other reason. And yeah. I think Ferrari also like did a gamble two, in Abu Dhabi. Two tenths, two tenths store. Yeah. And Ferrari then. also gambled well, in Abu Dhabi. Science seems to be, he, he had a wider bar, right? Like it, it fluctuated a lot. He had periods where he was, he was in pretty good clean air. Uh, but it wasn't consistent. You could see that Leclerc's race uh, times were tight. His bar of yep. like of of times were pretty close together. But Science was it was a really really large bar. But he he was he, he was slightly faster. Maybe the tires choice. I think Leclerc did a one stopper, where Science did a two stopper. So he had yep. a little bit of tire offset as well. Yeah, medium medium. For Ferrari to ever make, like, why would you want to go on a two-stopper when it's a clear one-stop race? They took him on hards and to hards hard. again. And then they were gambling for a safety car in Abu Dhabi. That rarely happens. It only yeah. happens oh, well, when, oh, like, when Mick Schumacher and Nicholas Latifi crash into each other. That's oh, what happened in 2021. Yeah, Latifi. Yeah, yeah. They were fighting, right? They, or they finished fighting we, and then... We exactly and, saw, while we were seeing that race, we were like, okay, these two are fighting. We are like, let's hope they don't crash. And then they crashed right then and there. <laughs> they, they created some spectacle. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's a that's that's an interesting point there with, uh, with science. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of tough, right? Um, the two situations... Can be can be seen as this as as the same. One is an absolute freak accident. Like they grinded the uh, bump, they grinded mm -hmm. the bump uh, yeah, overnight in Abu Dhabi. Uh, no, not uh, the first session. After the first session, from session two to three, right? Oh yeah, it was happening yeah, to the after FP two. They grinded it overnight, and then we we saw some uh, articles that came out saying that nobody's allowed on track because they're working on the track. And turns out next day when they went in, the bump was gone. The track people grinded it. They grinded yeah. the bump. Well, that's a smart way to do it. Just like you know, clean it up a little bit, which 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 was a smart move by them. Uh, Vegas was just was just bad place, bad time. Uh, following. Should have never followed Ocon. Ocon went on it, picked it up, and then moved it to the side a little bit for for or yeah. to like run into the bottom of 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 uh, science car. Tough time, tough time. Um, let's see, who was your driver of the day? Really, when you when you look at the racing total, and I don't you keep got it. Who did you? Yeah, give me your class. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I think the, he was only talented in the first three laps. First two yeah. laps, in fact, by Charles Leclerc for the lead. Turn one mm -hmm. after, the, uh, after the race start. It was clean by both yeah. of them. And then again at after at turn five, which was again clean. And then after the DRS at the hairpin. Mm -hmm. Or was it at the chicane after the long straight? So that, that's just more or less there. And then he held it clean, and then from there on, he just went on to uh, pull a masterclass and just finish the race. For me, Max Verstappen was driver of the day. Russell closed second with his good race pace. 
Charles Leclerc for his uh, ultimate strategy. I think everybody had bits and pieces of uh, who did good. I think, yeah. But, so that uh, was pretty interesting because he was fighting with cars that were slightly out of his league, really. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I'd give it to to, to Sonoda still uh, in my book. I'm a big Yuki fan, if you guys don't know. Huge, huge Yuki fan. I think there's pace there. Uh, and I think uh, there's potential down the road. Hopefully, he'll take down Ricardo. Even though I love Ricardo as well. I like when Yuki takes down the second driver just to show how strong he is. But, yeah, good stuff by Yuki, I think, this weekend. Funny story, I saw a footage afterwards where he met uh, Jason Statham. Did you see that? Yes. He was like starstruck. It was so it was so interesting to see. It's so cute. It was funny. <laughs> his Wi-Fi his Wi-Fi name is Jason Statham's son. I didn't even know he, he was Well, just... I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so his his um trainer tells tells him to send a, uh something to Jason Statham so he could turn on the Bluetooth or whatever exchange data. And and then he explains to Jason Statham why he wants to do that. He's like, when you try to connect Yuki's Bluetooth to a car, it, it, it always says, you're connected to Jason's dad and son. It's fun. <laughs> and, then, and then Jason responds. He's like, well, I guess I have an obligation to take care of you now. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Uh, That's yeah, It's good to see uh, two different industries come together and just Absolutely. interact on a very <laughs> I know a lot of people aren't fa- fun of like seeing the fans or the stars at 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 Formula One races. I'm like, this is a glamour sport. Um, you know, it's you're watching it because of the glamour. We're all watching it because it's it's the it's the the tip of the spear when it comes to like racing. Um, they're at the top of their profession. People want to be around. The stars want to be around them. These cars are are beauties, are beautiful machines. Like really really exceptional teams or they're at they're high performing teams no mistakes rarely done you're running at 300 kilometers you're doing pit stops sub two seconds it's it's just an incredible world you know and they're stars in themselves you know even way before um drive to survive all of that these guys are it's stars have been a part of the sport from day one you know, yep. it's 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 not a poor man's sport. Let's just put it. Let's make sure it's clear. Um, it costs a lot to go drive, um, and and it just it's, it's there's a reason why stars want want to be around there. It's it's a glamorous place to be. It's 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 an amazing place to be. We all want to be on the grid someday. Maybe one day we'll be on the grid. I hope so too. Talk to Brando. Yep. Looking forward to speaking to Brando. Yep. You know what I would say? I, I would say, like, Shaq, Lewis Hamilton, maybe it's kind of my stuff. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, let's, I think we should welcome the stars. You know, sometimes it's a live event. You know, these guys aren't, aren't prepared to talk live on TV. So sometimes they'll make the bloober. They don't know everybody in the sport, right? They're invited by the teams. They're, it's promotion. It's a business. It's a way to raise capital. It's a way to attract new new viewers to the sport like if if you're watching all of a sudden you see what's her name taylor swift on the grid one day you know walking around people love taylor swift don't get me wrong here if taylor swift on the the grid a lot of people would chaotic chaotic right the uh, fan base would just expand overnight exactly and i'm all for the business i'm I'm a businessman here like i love i love i love the sport 
I, I love to see the sport grow. I love the business aspect of it. I love the sport, the sporting aspect of it. I think they're 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 all needed to make this sport what it is. The the, the sheer investment that's needed to build up a team, um, to go out racing, to 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 innovate, uh, to pay for the staff, to make it the best show on earth. You need people from all sorts of all sorts of industries together. The arts, the 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 science. You know, it's these are airplanes, man. <laughs> these are as as good as airplanes. These are fighter jets. These are reverse airplanes. These are yeah. reverse fighter jets. The yeah, fighter jets so... are designed to fly high. These are designed fast. These are designed to stick to the ground and uh, go fast. Yes. So th that's the same concept, but it's just reverse. So I think we should. We should all embrace our stars. You know, we're all looking forward to watching Drive to Survive in February. I will. I don't care. I'm not, not going to lie. It's a fun little different view of the sport. I like to watch it to see where, they, where they're lying, you know, where they had the plot wrong. Like, I like the collage that they do in terms of, oh, this footage comes came from Monza, and then they're talking about Silverstone. Like, I, I enjoy it. For me, it's fun. It's cute. It's nice. It's a different audience, but it is an entertaining sport. Uh, feature to the to the racing as well so i don't know um I, i've been seeing a lot of polarized uh view on this and i think well we should we're all here for the show to enjoy it to love it we all love it stars love it too so why not and just embrace them and and welcome them and 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 be happy that they're there you know and and they're going to be bloopers but it's all part of the life sport really Oh. Yeah, that's my last rant. Uh, my GP rating, I'll get, I'll get that out, out of the way. Giving this a six point five, just because it, it didn't drag my attention long enough to to leave for MotoGP. I'm skewed because of MotoGP, yeah. which was like an absolute nine and a half. Um, so it's uh, it was the finale. Uh, our our boy won, no surprise there. Um, and uh, a lot of battle in the back. Uh, as usual, but uh, overall, I think, uh, yeah, this place doesn't really do a lot of overtakes, really. I don't think it does. Um, and everybody was on the back foot, which probably gave us a pretty interesting race at the end. But uh, yeah, it just wasn't 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 as hot as I as I uh, compared to what else I was watching on MotoGP that day. So that's why maybe that's the the driving force behind the six point five. I'm giving it. How about you? Seven and a half. Seven uh, and a half for Shaw. Okay. Why? Explain. And, uh, there were tons of battles to look forward to uh, for the race. It P2. was P2, P3 constructors, P4, P5 uh, constructors between McLaren and the drivers mm -hmm. too, between P4 and P6. That was a beautiful uh, between one. Between four drivers, yeah. So all of these, uh, they had just the anticipation of who was going to finish uh, made it more exciting for me. And the on-track action, too, I mean, it, that was good. Uh, every time seeing Charles and Max start on the front row and then race and try to switch positions for the first two laps, it, 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 it gets exciting, too. It's more like, uh, yeah, that. George Russell in there, in the mix, just sneaking behind them. Sergio Perez's uh, charge from uh, P10, from was P9. it? Yeah, from P9. And with the five seconds of shame, but... Uh, Inside set, yeah, everything it had its uh, highs and lows, so that that's what kept me engaged throughout the race and see where it was and what was going on. How it all unfold? Good, fantastic. Uh, before we close out, 
Um, I think it's a six and a half for me, it's seven and a half for you. Because I like to least thank our listeners, the ones that have been with us for the entirety of these, I don't know, 22 races. Uh, we we had a good some good listens in the U.S., some good listens in Belgium. Whoever it is in Belgium listening, I respect that. Love you. Uh, we had some listeners in, in France um, and uh, in the U.K. as well. Love you guys as well. We had some Aussies in there. Thank you very much. Singaporeans, love you as well. Uh, much love. Thanks for the support. Uh, we'll try to do more and better next year. Uh, we'll be back with a, a, a recap. This is not au revoir or goodbye or I've either seen. This is just um, thank you for, for listening for those 22 races. Uh, we'll be more active on social. It's uh, Double Stack F1 um, on, on Instagram and um, Twitter. Uh, we'll put the handle in the in the descriptor below this episode. Uh, shoot us a text if you've been listening uh, so that we can formally say thank you. We'd like to know who you guys are and uh, we'd like to engage more if, you, if you'd like to as well. All right, that's it for me today. I have an online sim race that I have to attend to. We're driving Canada tonight and I have... I haven't set up my simulator because I have I just moved this week, so I have to figure out a way to get it going within the hour uh, before before we go live. Yeah, have fun uh, figuring out your simulator. Thanks to all our listeners, and uh, we will come back to you in a few days or week time uh, for with the season uh, recap and just what to look out for twenty twenty four. I do have some uh, interesting points. Yeah, we we'll do some research right now. Yeah, 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 spicy, juicy recap with uh, some stats and uh, some uh, some historical numbers that you will find very useful as we prepare for the 2024 season. All right, guys, have a good one, and uh, we'll be back together very soon. Ciao.